Just checking in, seeing how you going this week, giving you an update. I really think wokeism is the cold of the century, eh? I mean, I'm not going to blow up about this, but this is what happens every time there is a mass shooting. People don't want to address the fact that it's a gun problem. We put it as racism or we put it as something else, like all cops are cunts or like, let's just address the fact that it's a mental health and gun problem. We don't need another bunch of celebrities telling us how to fucking think. Can you please fuck off with your hashtags? Oh my God, I need to let my followers know that water is wet, the sky is blue, and racism is mean and bad. I don't think anyone who clings to every word I say is gospel could ever figure that out. Fuck. Maybe I just need to get off Twitter as well as Facebook. I've been off Facebook three weeks and I feel different about the world. Maybe I should just quit reading Twitter. Because at the moment, every time I open it, I want to rage. All I see on Twitter is how the government is fucking us over despite we're changing government hands. And I know Joe Biden's a fucking cunt. I know Kamala Harris is a cunt. I know that we essentially have the 94 Crime Act and 100,000 innocent black people behind bars in California as leading the country right now. So maybe I should just get the fuck off Twitter. Stop reading it. Maybe it's that... Maybe, you know, I've been always, always wondered when I would get off Twitter. Maybe it's now. I go to so many small villages traveling across this country. You know, like I might be delivering a load of shavings or wood shavings to them or like timber or whatever. But it's never really water or anything like that. But what I've started to notice is that in every small village, there is a restaurant or a cafe that has a world-famous or world-renowned sign sitting in the front of the window. And to begin with, I was like, oh, cool. I might go check this place out. It's world-famous. You know why I'm waiting to get unloaded? I'll I'll Google the restaurant and look for Yelp reviews and see what they're world-famous for, and I can't find anything. And then it clicked. It's an old-school tactic that they used to use in the 70s and 80s to get people to come in when, you know, the highway went through their town. And no one could verify if they were world-famous or not because Google wasn't a thing. But nowadays, 2021, I mean, it's just lazy that you're leaving that there and it's probably beginning to ask more questions. Why is your restaurant failing? It's probably failing for the fact that you can't get your fucking sister wife to create a couple of fake Yelp accounts or a couple of fake Google accounts and do some fake reviews. I mean, if you're going to fake it till you make it, you've got to go the whole way. Otherwise, you're just fucking lazy, plain fucking lazy. These people should be in jail. You're misleading honest, hardworking Americans into thinking that you're world famous, but you're not. You deserve jail time for that. It's just, it's criminal. You're tricking people in to think that maybe this is a place that was on drives, diners, and dives. But it's not. There's nothing special about this. There's nothing special about your coffee. It's just fucking Maxwell House and a fucking drip filter. And you don't even get free fucking refills. You got to pay for each individual coffee. I mean, we get it. You're fucking broke. But like, at least do the bare fucking minimum and create some fake Yelp reviews. 
I mean, it's not hard. It's 30 seconds on the internet. Maybe if you got on the internet more often, you'd realize what sort of world's out there and what can happen and how to be a successful fucking business. Fucking, this is not fucking funny. <laughs> this is just plain mental fucking illness. You think that in 2021, you can leave a sign in the front window that says world famous. That's not world famous for fucking anything at all. Fucking America. I should sue you for making me go to fucking Denny's instead of going to your restaurant because I can't find a review. I can't find something other than that sign that tell that just gives me a bad vibe that, oh, these guys are fucking lazy. And so I end up back at fucking Denny's where everybody wears a hat and everything smells like a fucking, smells like bacon and cat litter. And the tabletops are always fucking sticky. And you always get a fucking booth. You just want a fucking table. I don't want a booth. I want a fucking table. I mean, every time I go into a Denny's or a Waffle House, I have an anxiety attack. I sit there thinking that someone's going to come in and shoot the fucking place up because this is the type of place that people shoot up. That's why these small cafe restaurant owners deserve to be in jail for having a world-famous, world-renowned sign on the marquee or in the front window because they push people to fucking Danny's when they can't find a fucking Yelp review. Fucking criminals. Lock them up for 10 years. 10 years in jail. Learn your fucking lesson. PA the other day and it reminded me of the time that I drove out to Denver to see my buddy Sean out there um the first time I did uh, my own trip across America without anyone with me I basically freeformed it um Butler PA comes up because I that's where I stayed in a fucking CD Super 8 motel and all they had to give me was a smoking room even though I booked it on smoking room, that's all they had to give me was a smoking room. All right, it, it's a novel thing that smoking rooms still exist. Hey, like it just reminds me of going to visit my grandparents when I was young. Uh, you know, so many like the right down to the lumpy bed, the smell in the room. The room smelled like they're just like there's no smell like cigarette smoke lived into carpet and you can tell how much someone's fishbowled that entire room because of how yellow the walls are just like traumatic traumatic experience staying in that hotel i mean i should go back and leave a review should like i should i leave a review should i go leave a review on that fuck that truck can i hear that truck uh sorry about that i had to wait for the recycling truck to fuck off um. Yeah, it was a bit noisy. What was I talking about? I was talking about, I was talking about fucking smoking rooms, right? Yeah, I was in Bala. It just it was a traumatic experience because it just brought up all the things of childhood of like being in my grandparents' house. Like the, you know, my grandparents were nice to me, but like, I thought I was done living in cigarette filth. I mean, it's even like I even have a hard time when I get in get in a truck and I know someone smoked in it. It's just it's just gross. Nothing against smokers, but everything against smokers because you kind of fucking annoy the shit out of me. It's twenty twenty one. Why don't you get on the program and vape like everybody else? Or what you you're too cool to vape? 
At least it smells pleasant. You die fucking quicker. You know, all that shit happened when people who were vaping. You know, a lot of people die because of, you know, it was just anyone can make vapor, vape juice. You didn't know what the fucking chemicals were. I'm pretty sure that's what happened to me. My lungs got, you know, my fucking respiratory system got fucked up by vaping for that six months that I vaped. There was this time, like, there was this time when I went to Melbourne to buy a video camera. I think I was like nineteen. Like I didn't have any friends, but I had, but I got a bank loan, and I um, went down there, stayed in an expensive hotel, and when I booked the hotel room, there was an option to have a smoking room, and I was a cigarette smoker at the time. I was like, oh yeah, wouldn't that be a luxury? pay an extra $100 for the cleaning fee and be able to stay in a four-star hotel, big soft bed, big big TV, and just sit there and smoke cigarettes and watch TV. It was a complete fucking waste of money and complete waste of fucking time. Like, I should have just stayed at a youth hostel, but I didn't know what I would have done with the, the video camera I bought. I bought a, like one of those Sony HD cameras right before 4K became a thing, and it was still a DV tape. Um, which was fucking, I fucking hate DV tape. That was so annoying to have to digitize everything. Like you could record it and digitize it and then you lose fucking quality of it. That was a mistake. That was right before digital SLRs got their capabilities of having good low light film properties. Like that's before the 1D and the 5D came out and I totally should have, there was no way to do research. It was like fucking... It was 2007 in Australia. The internet was not worth fuck. You could barely watch porn, let alone fucking research enough reviews to find anything. And I just wasted my money on this video camera. I never made back the money that I spent on that camera. And that was the idea was that I would get, I would slowly make money back. Like I was making videos for bands in my hometown. Like I'd film their gigs and I'd always ask them if they wanted to do a music video and would try and, you know, would try and get someone together. But like people were, weren't sure about anything and they were, you know, people were unwilling to give me creative control, even though they weren't paying me to do anything. Um, it was really, it was a difficult time in my life. There was one guy that I made a heap of music videos with, but I don't talk to anymore. Like we grew apart. Like we, at one point, we lived in Melbourne together. It was the first time I moved down there before I started comedy. I should have started comedy when I was down there because I would have been in the class of Carl Chandler and Tommy Daslow and Tom Ballard and everyone. I was such a self-hating prick in my 20s. I just hated who I was as a person. I never got any positive reinforcement. I know I sound like a fucking bitch here, but like, fuck. But we we moved to Melbourne together and... I moved before him, but he came down. He came down afterwards once he realized that I had actually successfully found a place, and then we found a place together in St Kilda. But before that place, I was living. I was living in like this um, boarding house. It's like ever. It was like you know, you had a bedroom and then a separate room for the kitchen, and then like a shared bathroom facility. And there was this one day, like the last day that we were there, we had to leave out through the window and come back in the middle of the night to move all our shit out. We were just sitting in the room, talking, listening to music, and then all of a sudden we hear this big thump, thump, thump. Run, he's got a gun. Run, he's got a gun. 
And it's like this guy just comes running down the hallway, knocking on the doors, telling us to get out. And we're like, holy fuck. It's like the first time, you know, first proper time in the big fucking city. We go out through the window and then like we have to like sneak around and get past the guy and like we can't go back for six hours because like fuck, what if it's a crime scene? What you know? My friend had weed on him, so you know, weed's always been a fucking class one drug in Australia. But like I think the next two days after that, like we did our best to find a new place to live in. And we got a pretty we got, I remember that place that we had in St. Kilda was awesome. We had awesome red velvet wallpaper. A long ass driveway. It was right on a. It was right on a trolley stop, on a tram stop. When you get into the city, I wonder what that guy's doing. We had a fall. We had a fallen out because he just he never stopped smoking pot, and he got fucking paranoid because that's what Australian weed does to you. Is it fucking turns you fucking crazy? It turns everyone fucking crazy. It turned my fucking uncle crazy. It turned this dude crazy. It's turned so many of my friends fucking crazy that you can't really have a fucking conversation with them because it's just terrible hydroponic weed. It's nothing like it is here in the States. Like, if all those people that have been weed smokers here, I'll probably still be able to get along with them. But no, the chemicals they put in the hydroponic shit in Australia just ruins so many fucking people. How the fuck did I get onto this? I was talking about smoking rooms. What was my fucking point? Oh, the point was that I think... What was my point? Was it smoking rooms, the video camera, moving to Melbourne with rocks? Not doing comedy. I'm a piece of shit. I think my point I think my point was that smoking rooms shouldn't exist and that smoking is a habit. And that anyone smokes cigarettes deserves the painful death that they get. You don't deserve a hospital bed for your fucking self-induced lung cancer. Just basically die. Please quietly in the corner. So this season, I'm really, this spring, I'm really trying to get into fucking baseball. I like the sound that I make. I like the sound of it on the radio and I'm trying to understand it. But like the problem I've always had with baseball baseball is how simple it seems, but how complicated all the stats and everything seems to make it. You know, I'm trying to become more likable. I'm trying to assimilate to America. I'm trying to not be that guy. Oh, you play baseball. Well, I'm too good for you because I understand the intricacies of cricket. It's basically the same fucking game set for there's way more money in baseball and the people are fatter. But yeah, I watched a documentary about, I listened to this podcast about Ted Williams, who was like a, you know, notable player here for the Red Sox, about how he was a pilot in Korea and he was like on 49 combat missions in Korea and he got like, there was a time where he almost died because his plane caught on fire and he crash landed it without any landing gear. That was pretty fucking, that's pretty fucking nuts to have a sports, a notable sports person also do that sort of shit. I think sports would be good if sports people also had normal day jobs again, like Australian footballers do. Like, I think, I think you would like, I would like sports people more and think that respect them more if Tom Brady was also like a a, a cop or something, you know, or Derek Jeter was a, a fireman or something like that. That would make it. Don't make them real American heroes if you had like a normal day job as well. So you live down here in the mud with the rest of us. But you're like, you know, maybe, maybe, they, like, I don't know, maybe you should pay sports people less money. Like, I really think it's stupid that sports people can make million dollar, million dollar contracts for 
20 hours of work a week. Like, I mean, I understand the dieting and the exercise and the training and everything you have to go through. But, I mean, everybody would give up their life to have that opportunity if their expenses were paid for to just be that fucking healthy. Everybody would. I know I would. I wouldn't ask for a million dollars. I'd ask you to just cover my rent and my grocery bills. And then, you know, once I'm healthy and i got a plan, I'll work out how to have an extra fucking income. Like, I don't understand why sports stars need to make so much fucking money. It's ridiculous to me. Like, this guy gets paid millions of dollars to throw a ball down a fucking grid for a total of 60 minutes of gameplay. But if anyone, you know, I hope you enjoyed the show. I didn't see any bumper stickers this week when I was in, I went down to Virginia. I didn't see any notable bumper stickers this week. I did have a, I did have another road rage incident though in Washington. Um, it's always in DC when I go down there. There's always someone that fucking goes out of their way to say something to you in traffic. This week's band of the week. I want you to check out Microcuts. They just released a new single on Spotify or wherever it is you get your music. Uh, it's called If You Want To, and it's pretty fucking cool. It's pretty good stuff. They're a band from Albury, Australia. And it looks like they're doing some pretty cool stuff. They're writing some good music. Uh, they were telling me that they've got an EP coming later this year. So you should subscribe to them, go and listen to them. Tell them that I sent you their way. Uh, they'll get a chuff out of that. And I'm giving them a plug. I was, vi- I was vibing on hip-hop mainly this week. Uh, I listened to the first album by Big Pun, uh, Capital Punishment, which was freaking, it's freaking incredible album, if you like. If you're just getting into hip hop like me, like I've been listening to hip hop for a couple of years, but I've got a buddy that keeps on feeding me like deep cut stuff. And so I listened to Capital Punishment a couple of times this week, and it's a, the lyrics on that album are fucking incredible. The flow that he has is quite impressive. Then I listened to Beanie Siegel's album that came out in 2000. Which one was that? What was the name of that? The Truth. Uh, I was listening to that tr- the album, The Truth. And this week, check out Microcuts and their new single, If We Want To. It's, it reminds me a lot of um, Deftones in a way. It's got that vibe going to it, which is what I think they were going for. It's really fun. It's good stuff. I will... Um, I will check in with you next week. Have a good week. Be safe. Wear your fucking seatbelt. Since...